Hi everyone, today is June 5th, 2022. This is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. Uh, this week is going to be a different format. Um, right now it's Sunday afternoon, and not a whole lot is going on in Duel Links outside of the KCGT tournament. There's the Have Fun campaign and stuff. Uh, there is a new card uh, for ranked duels. I think a new ranked duel reward. Besides that, the KCGT is going on. Konami's um, getting used to everyone being chill. The Not much is going on in Master Duels either. So I think this week I'll just talk about my deck. This is just going to be a deck review. Quick little deck review as my episode. Um, it's a pretty spicy one. It's the Water Spellbooks deck that I think um, I saw online from Negative One, a acclaimed player in Duel Links. So I'm going to talk about that deck today. Uh, first, I'll just talk about my week. Um, I mean, this weekend, I've just been playing Pokemon Go. Uh, I haven't, I didn't go to any of the events or anything like that, but um, I didn't buy a ticket either, and apparently... It wasn't worth the ticket because you couldn't get any uh, shiny stuff. But yeah, I I played the last two days. Um, actually, I had like work to do. Uh, I'm working on this big project for work uh, in 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 preparation for a conference. I'm gonna I'm be in a conference in Austria in, in August. But I've I've just been doing some of the back work. I'm um, just adding to the research findings and stuff. So. I was playing like I went out. I went out to the, the city uh, on Saturday, played Pokemon there uh, amongst crowds of people, um, enjoying their day, shopping and stuff. I went to go pick up clothes and doing that. In the meantime, my first day, I got a, um, a shiny Kyogre from a raid. So that's pretty cool. And today, I also played on my day to day Sunday, and. Um, a shiny Pikachu from a raid. So, um, yeah, just that's that's what I've been doing. Um, I think the tournament, not the tournaments, in, back in back in Yu-Gi-Oh news, shifting back to the other uh, game that this podcast is about. Uh, in Duel Links and in Master Duels, the seasons ended. Master Duels, I hit Plat Four, I believe, which is um, high on Plat Five, but did not hit Diamond. Um, there were all those um, bots around, I remember, so I discussed... Um, I haven't seen... Well, I faced someone who timed out last night, so I don't know if there still are bots in gold, but I'm still in gold right now. And... Duel Links, I think... Uh, how, much, how much to say there, but... Uh, I am advancing in the KCGT. I'm, right now, I'm in DLV 17, I believe. And... Let's just get into it. So this deck is the Water Spellbooks deck. Um, you're playing as Shark. Um, and you're playing the best skill territory of the Sharks. Where you're basically turning your your Water Monsters into level 4. This is a skill you can use twice per duel. So you have to make sure you do that. Your deck has to have um, all Water Monsters. So... That's kind of where the spell books come in because the blue boy is a water attribute. Um, other skills, I mean, swimming from the abyss was the skill we got last time. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't really apply the other skills because the whole point 
is to turn Blue Boy into uh, level 4. So you get the rank 4. And um, spellbooks have been revitalized with the unlimit of Spellbook of Fate, of course, and then, of course, the uh, insertion of in Spellbook of Knowledge, which you could buy from the store for 850 gems. Um, there's, like, new decks coming out, and this is one of those new decks. Um, yeah. So, this deck... Let's talk about the, the water component. The water component's actually very low. It just consists of two Deep Sea Divas, which, um, of course, was a core of the original uh, Water XZ's deck. This is kind of like a fusion of Water XZ's and Spellbooks. And you would always use the Deep Sea Diva to get, like, an Atlantean card. Atlantean, um... Sorry, sucks, I can't remember the name. Heavy Infantry would ramp out a monster from the hand, so you could, you could normal summon another monster or something. That's what it did. Uh, here you just play Deep Sea Diva to get the other Deep Sea Diva out. She is a tuner, but that's not really um, a factor here. Um, you just use her for the rank 4 XZ's component. Thins out the deck by a card. A lot of deck thinning in this, um, this deck, and I'll discuss that. That's basically the water component of the deck. Um, of course, there are the extra deck monsters, but we'll get into that later. Now, spellbooks. So, three copies of Spellbook Magician of Prophecy, a.k.a. Blue Boy, who is level 2 water attribute. Um, normal summon flip flipped up. Uh, add a spellbook card from your deck to your hand. So, a lot of the spellbook play is trying to figure out the sequencing of the cards. Um, knowing what to play first, knowing what to draw. A lot of skill to this deck uh, that I have not mastered myself. I misplay all the time. If you count the number of misplays you make, it's kind of crazy, but this is a core piece of the deck. Um, and not much more to say besides that. Blue Boy. Yeah, one one weakness is that you can't, like, normal summon. I mean, you can't special summon stuff like crazy with this deck. You. You just like play it slow, so the blue boy goes or the deep sea diva. You kind of figure out which one you play first, and a lot of times you're just playing the blue boy and attack, and that's your turn pretty much. Now it's kind of the same card as the blue boy's the spellbook of secrets. Three copies of this card. This is an SR from that box with the spellbooks, and this card um, add a spellbook from your deck to your hand. You can only activate one per turn, so usually. If you don't have a blue boy in your hand, you play Spellbook of Secrets to get him, so then you can play him, and then you can get any card you want. Otherwise, you would you, you would play his card to um, draw any card you want, depending on the turn. Um, and there's a few choices for that. In terms of openers, another opener is the um, Spellbook Library of the Crescent. This is a card... Um, only play it if you have no spell books in the graveyard. So this is an ideal first turn card. Um, you would play it. You would scry uh, three cards, which is basically ex excavate three. Um, wait, you're not scrying here. Sorry, you're taking three different spell books from your deck, showing to your opponent. They pick one. You add one. It's a mystery which one you you get. So 
one of the three, you're kind of, your opponent's left guessing which one do I take. And, um, you know, this card, you would play it, and you would try to get into another spellbook card that lets you draw more cards. So you could pick Spellbook of Secrets, you can pick a Spellbook of Knowledge, you can pick um, the Grand Spellbook Tower, you can pick the Spellbook of the Master, different things. You try to extend your play. You wouldn't really go for the uh, Spellbook of Fate right away because that card does not draw you any cards. So it's kind of like you're trying to put enough Spellbooks in the graveyard um, to lead off the game. Now... Get the Spellbook of Knowledge. This is a card where you have to send a card to the graveyard first. So either Spellbook on the field, I mean Spellcaster on the field, like um, like your Blue Boy on the field, or a Spellbook in the in the hand, or a Spellbook on the field. So it could be the field spell, for example, and then you get to draw two cards. So. It is like a it is like a two cost for two, and really, the card you want to toss is a card you should like a card you should toss into the graveyard for some benefit. Um. Yeah, this is this is a key card for card advantage, and with spellbooks, the way they draw cards from the deck so well, this is um, this definitely fits along with what they're doing, I guess. Now, um. I have made some mistakes myself, like where I don't have a card to toss, and then you try to get this card, and you don't have any cards to throw away. Um, a common card I like to toss is the Spellbook Library of the Crescent, because you have enough them in your grave. You have enough spellbooks in your graveyard, and can you play a card? So that's one choice. The next card is the Grand Spellbook Tower. This is the field spell. So if you have a spellcaster on the field or in the graveyard. You can uh, put one spellbook from the graveyard back to the deck and then draw a card. So, uh, and then also if this is destroyed, you can special summon a spellcaster from your hand or deck. The blue boy's not gonna, um, not gonna um, draw you a card because he's only effects on normal summon. This is a good card. Uh, obviously, you're, you're recycling all your spells. You're drawing an additional card. So. It's definitely a popular choice for your opponent to pop this on the board. Um, but yeah, it's it's a key card. It's one of the early cards I get with the library. The library, I get, go into Spellbook of Secrets, the Grand Spellbook Tower, or the Spellbook of Knowledge. Typically a card that can help you get more cards. Your opponent should know to like, pop this card, though, Grand Spellbook Tower, because they should know that the Blue Boy does not... It's better to take the Blue Boy out of the deck... And to get him to draw cards, I guess. Your opponent should have no fear in destroying the, the field spell. Some other cards in this deck. Um, spellbook of the Master. This is if you control a spellcaster. Reveal a spellbook. Target a spellbook in the graveyard. And then uh, you copy the effect. This is a tricky card that you have to remember. Um, you have to have a spellcaster in the field. You have to have a spellbook in hand. And then you have to have a normal spell. So you can't copy Spellbook of Fate and use it over again. Um, so this is a card. Um, typically, let's say you play Blue Boy. You play um, the Spellbook of Secrets. 
and then you play the spellbook of master, the copy spellbook of secrets. So you basically tutor um, two cards in that one turn with that effect. Um, spellbook of knowledge, of course, is a great one to copy. Spellbook of fate, you can't. In the library, I guess you could do a library as well. Next is spellbook of. Let's go to fate. Spellbook of Fate, two copies of Spellbook of Fate. This is, of course, the most powerful card that the spellbooks had because they could have, like, non-targeting uh, Banish, which is pretty strong. So if you control a spellcaster, banish three spellbooks, up to three spellbooks in the graveyard. And then you can do this depending on what. If you banish one, return a set spell or trap from the field to the hand. If you have two, change one monster on the field to Face down defense or face up attack. And three, banish one card your opponent controls. This is super strong because it's non-targeting. So, And often you can use it to slip by like a chain. I think I find that that's something this card does. Like people make that mistake a lot. I used the one effect a lot actually. Return one set spell or trap on the field to the hand because... Um, this deck does not run back row removal, so that's really the only back row removal you have. And as long as you can keep recycling the Spellbook of Fate with other cards, like the, the Tower, it, you might be able to skate by. I've never really used the flip effect of changing a monster, because um, I never find myself in that position where I need to do that. And then three, of course, is the main appeal where you banish one card. That's back row, monster, whatever. So non-targeting ability on a quick play. So it's good to... Um, it's not always the greatest idea to set this card on the field. Sometimes you'll have to play on the hand to quick play. Banish, quick play. Um, bounce, set card back to hand. It's just a core removal card, and you have to know to be smart when to use it. And of course, let's say you drew it through the spellbook library of the crescent you don't really want to show your opponent you got the spellbook of fate that's another thing last spellbook in this deck is the spellbook of eternity target one of your banished spellbook cards except for spellbook of eternity added to your hand this is to make use of a card after you've removed stuff from the spellbook of fate so if you, let's say you banish some card that's good like the spellbook of knowledge and you want it back you would play the spellbook of eternity to get it back um, there's no spellbook of power in this deck because um, that only works for spellcasters, and you'll pretty much be powering up the blue boy, which doesn't work for a water deck, right? So, um, normally you would run spellbook of um, power um, if you ran the high priestess of prophecy or whatever. That's a fine card to run. Um, there's spellbook of miracles, which is in um, this new box. And that only works for Spellcaster XZ's deck, so that's not a factor here. And the Spellbook of Wisdom, um, you have to target a Spellcaster and protect that card. There's no Spellcasters besides the Blue Boy here. So those are cards that are not included. Um, Spellbook of Life, uh, Spellcaster again. Those are the good ones. The Spellbook Organization, that's not really a great card. Now you run a lot of trap cards in this deck. Uh, the core one being Paleozo Canadia, so three copies of this card. This doubles as a water monster, which you can in turn use for the uh, rank 4 XZs. Um, this is kind of like your main attacker. It's kind of sad, but it comes out as your main attacker sometimes. 
Um, it's unaffected by monster effects, so you can hit through hand traps. That's a very useful thing. Uh, it gets powered up with the um, with one of the XZ's cards, so that's something. Uh, and when this card becomes a material, like a rank 4 material, you can detach it, and then it can come back out of the graveyard. So this is a way to reuse the ability. Um, after you've used it as a trap card, it comes out monster and stuff like that the part of the skill in this deck is actually getting paleo canadian on the board and i'll discuss that in a bit um other trap cards karma cuts three copies of karma cuts um you're generating card advantage so you might as well banish stuff that does a lot of banishing and i think the real decklist ran three copies of floodgate but i only have two so i have fiendish chain as well which works just in a similar capacity. Note that there aren't any um, Book of Moons in this deck because you're not you're trying to activate trap cards. Um, so basically, um, you know, all those control traps. The goal is to use um, Paleozo Canadia first. So you can kind of stagger them. You can put Paleozo Canadias in the graveyard and then you can play the other control traps to trigger to get them back onto the field, and then you can set up a rank 4 XZ's play. The goal is to have, like, two monsters on the board, right? You play your blue boy, set some control traps, manage to get out Paleozo Canadia, and go on to XZ's that next turn. That's something to consider here. You try not to use Floodgate or Karma Cut first, and you try to use Paleozo Canadia first to get them on the board. Oh, um, you could fit more Paleozoic monsters in the deck, like the, um, the Pakaya or like Hallucigenia or something like that, but um, I went with Fiendish Chain instead of uh, the third Floodgate. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel the other Paleozoic cards were as good deserve a spot in the deck like that. So you put your, your best one in, which is Canadian. Now, um, the extra deck is pretty sta staple um, and pretty standard for Water XZs. The main card, Bahamut Shark. Uh, you get into the sky and uh, two materials, so then you get special summon a uh, Nightmare Shark. Nightmare Shark is a rank 3 XCs. You turn Nightmare Shark into full armored Black Ray Lancer. That's pretty much your standard play to set up a board. The uh, Lancer himself is very sticky and destroys back row. So that's kind of the appeal here. Like you're, You've got the Bahamut Shark, you've got the Lancer, and you're trying to destroy back row. Uh, a card that works really well against this strategy is the uh, Wall of D, but not a lot of people play Wall of D nowadays. <laughs> That's just what it what it turns out to be. Uh, so, you know, play Bahamut Shark, turn it into Nightmare, and turn it into Full Armored Black Ray Lancer. I run two copies of each of those cards, Nightmare and uh, Full Armored Black Ray Lancer. The Nightmare Shark can't use its ability to attack... Because it, it always comes out with no XZ's material thanks to the Bahamut Shark. So Bahamut Shark really just takes out the Nightmare Shark. And you turn the Nightmare Shark into former Black Ray Lancer with one material. Lancer you can also play with three materials. So you can play it with a full board of monsters. But that's not really advisable because uh, it doesn't matter how many... I guess it gets stronger. That's the only ability. That's the only plus side. If you want a former Black Ray Lancer with more attack... You can 
have all three monsters become it. But I think um, it's the same because the whole point of Black Ray Lancer is to detach all the materials. So really, that's where the protection ability comes in. And you find yourself with this card on the board a lot. Um, unless you get bounced or banished or something, then that's it. But you're protecting yourself against destruction. Also works against Divine Wrath. Uh, and then the other cards, Abyss Dweller, Core um, Beginner. Uh, if you're turn one, you can get all this off. While you're playing, um, let's say you get a Deep Sea Diva, you can play it turn into Abyss Dweller. If you know you're playing against a deck that does a lot of graveyard shenanigans, you can kind of set up there and load up for the next turn. And then finally, the uh, last card is the Hope Woven Dragon Spider Shark. This is just your power play. Um, two level four materials, and you if you need to beat down something with 3,000 attack, this is your guy. Other than that, you go with the Bahamut, Bahamut Shark into Nightmare Shark into Black Ray Lancer. So that's the that's the water spellbooks deck. I'm, I'm actually having a lot of fun. I'm getting compliments from other duels who send me a nice afterwards. Um, and I'm taking this to the KCGT. I should hit rank 20 in a few days. Given I, like a real person can hit in a day, but it'll take me a few days to do it. So I, I most importantly, I'm having fun with this deck. Um, leveling up Shark, another benefit of this deck, and you know, take it to take it to um, KCGT yourself. And trust me, it's a fun deck. All right, so that is it. Thanks for listening to this abbreviated edition of the Dual Assessment Podcast. Um, yeah, let me know how you're doing. Shout out to me in the socials if you want. Dual underscore assessment, my own account, Green Ranger, uh, CCG, I think it's called. Um, all of this, this there's not going to be many notes for this one, but on the dualassessment.wordpress.com, and you can find any of the episodes on any of your podcast finders, Spotify, whatever. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.